1: Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to
2: Inside the Comedian with me, David Reed. In this episode, I'll be interviewing Marcus Brigstock. <laughs> Actor, satirist, gourmet, Bog snorkeler. sexy pedestrian, hot stepper, Lyrical gangster, Mr. Officer. Marcus. <laughs> Bridstock, welcome to Inside the comedian. Thank you very much indeed. Have you been up to much? Have you been busy? Yes, always busy, as you know. Yes. Always, always busy.
3: Uh, creating new things. Mm, good. Making, yeah, making new stuff.
2: Uh, I, I hate those comedians who destroy old things. Don't you? <laughs> those ones who just go around destroying what? the things that others have created. I, I'm glad you're in opposition like, like to Edinburgh. them. Yes. Like Edinburgh. Like Edinburgh, yes. Brick yeah. by brick. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I
3: have. I've, been, uh, I've set up a, a, a club night uh, in Balham uh, called The Castle and it's for you know sort of left leaning liberal comedians thank god to try (laughs) no but to try out in a in a safe space that I've created Mm. other politics
2: interesting <laughs> interesting Other political ideas yeah. so what what with a, with a view to then adopting them on a on a, a it's permanent just, basis it's or? Just, uh,
3: yeah, just kind of as a, you know, I just felt that like there 's a sort of liberal left consensus in comedy, and I thought i 'd sooner we, mm. the liberal left, address that problem than have a load of right wingers. Come in and do it. So this is really. I got Stuart Lee came down. Uh, yes. Stuart came down and did 15 minutes of incredibly racist material.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. Not and
3: not not indiscriminate either. Yes. You know sometimes. Sometimes people are a bit vague. You know, absolutely. Like people who fight for whom racism makes them squeamish can be a bit vague about it. And it's like, oh, I oh, clearly I'm being ironic. This
2: was absolutely spot on. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. that sounds very cathartic in a lot of ways because it was. I I get yeah. very tired of pretending to care for others, you know.
3: But this is what's been really interesting: is is bringing bringing comedians together and kind of letting them just have that that pl- that play space, as it were, mm. just to go in a sense fuck them, you know. Uh, yes. I was amazed Rob Newman came down. Yes. And yeah, Christ, he's got some very interesting ideas about the poor.
2: I've always got that sense, actually.
0: Yeah,
3: but um, when I say interesting, I mean, very, very funny, but but also sort of punitive. Yeah, it's been good. It's been a really, really good, worthwhile project. I I, think things are going to change.
2: Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. If we could start at the beginning of your career, if that's all right, just as as you you did, I think it would make sense. Um, (laughs) do Do you think you always wanted to be a comedian, or was there another aspiration that was abandoned along the way? Well, uh, you you probably already know,
3: uh, but no, originally I wasn't I didn't, mm. didn't plan on on being a comedian uh, at all. I was originally uh, going to be a dancer. Yes. And that that was the plan the first 3 Edinburgh shows were all dance based. And then but they were only reviewed by comedy reviewers. <laughs>
2: that is a shame why, why was that do you think it was an administrative cock yes not, not
3: by my people
2: right uh, by, no, the, by
3: specifically by Brian Logan Brian, Brian. who reviews comedy for the Guardian we think there's no way of telling um, but, but it was Brian it was Brian Logan funnily enough who really defined what I then became as a comedian he in a, the headline of his review he called me the callback king right and uh, what he meant about, so for people who don't know, you know, the callbacks in comedy when you mention something and then you mention it later. But what had actually happened was that I had a I had a routine, and Ryan Logan had come straight from another comedian show who also had a similar routine. Right, <laughs> and I think he just got muddled up and thought that my whole show was a series of clever callbacks.
2: where as in fact it was actually um, an hour of jazz dance, wasn't it? Was it was an I hour mean, of an hour with of
3: jazz
0: uh, dance. I mean,
2: it's incredible. Incredibly coincidental that you called back some material from another comedian in that regard, then, because it was, there must have been very few words in yours. I mean, none at all. None at yeah. all. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Yeah. There was. Well, I remember I, the poster is just um, it was just your legs and uh, one of your feet holding a microphone. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. That's right. Oh you've got to remember yeah, yeah, the poster? I remember the poster. I wow. yeah, yeah,
3: remember yeah, the yeah. poster. It was good. Yeah. great, great, a yeah. uh, uh, great show. Still very proud of that. No like, I would like to go back and do that
2: dancing again
3: not just dancing but that show specifically I was 22 when I did it I'm 44 now so it feels like yes it feels like it's now's time. The time when I'm double the age and maybe do twice the length of show do a two hour <laughs> dance slot
2: I think Edinburgh's crying out for it to be honest
3: I think Edinburgh's crying whether it's for
2: that <laughs> Or not, it's hard to tell, but yeah. Yes, um, and uh, I mean, I read somewhere, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I read that um, you actually, uh, for a while, were a, a podium dancer uh, on the oil rigs, is that right? <laughs> I think I've read this, is that right? We are, we're, we're, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes well, that well, is correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Gen-
3: like, genuinely.
2: Oh, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> then maybe we shouldn't go there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> it's so It's so
3: hard to navigate around that because that is, broadly speaking, what happened.
2: <laughs> well, fair enough. So how did, you, how did you get out of that paradise <laughs> and into the world of comedy?
3: Uh, well, I was... Uh, what's, what happened, as you, you probably know, is mm. that I come from an incredibly powerful family. Yes. Not just rich, but powerful. And uh, doors have been held open for me. Uh, i i was i worked regularly at the bbc as a comedian long before i ever did anything on stage uh, of course I, had, I was given yeah i was given chat about the um, the comedy chat show that i had yes on bbc two that was live show uh that was really the first two years a lot of people kind of find their craft in the clubs very few people watching. I found mine on BBC Two at seven pm.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> on yes. chat about. Um, I mean, good fun. It, it was good fun. Yeah. I, re- I remember it. I remember it fondly. I, until that that episode when you just got bored, pushed over your chair, and walked off. Yeah, and it was immediately cancelled. But you got a new series of a new thing straight away. Straight so away. Was, straight that's away right.
3: Yeah, that's right. That's right. I but mean, that was that. Well, I mean, you say I I got a, a new series. Mm. It was at around that time that more and more people at the BBC. Felt Felt that women in comedy were, were underrepresented and, and came to me and asked if there was anything I could do about it yes <laughs> And I said, I d- yes, I think I can. Yes. Uh, and so I did. And uh, I did the, the Sarah Clipworth show. That's right. Uh, which was me as, as
2: Sarah Clipworth. That's right. Uh, Interviewing uh, a series of other men as women. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that really did readdress the balance on the BBC well, for a long time.
3: Well, we'd, we had our fair share of knocks, but uh, it has to be said, I think it, it, set, it, set, a, it set a ball rolling, mm.
2: didn't it? Yes, uh, absolutely. And
3: now we see on programs like Mock the Week they'll have up to one woman mm-hmm. <laughs> laughing at what the boys say. That's right. Uh, <laughs> and I, th- uh, so and in in my own little way, I feel that I've at least helped a
2: bit. You of course, um, you've made regular appearances on topical radio show, the Punt program. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um alongside uh, Tom Cones, yes. uh, guitar owner Monty Boone, and, um, and comedy double act Rent and Crevice. Um, yes. what, what's it like, what's it like uh, for our listeners, uh, what's it like to be left on in the kitchen when many households have gone back to the living room to watch television? In so many households... <laughs>
3: it's great I mean it really it really is I'm enormously grateful and of course radio is is the second most intimate form of broadcasting after television uh, yes it's so intimate you're so close to people often people trapped in their cars and stuff like that yeah. who have very very difficult choice <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, you know I, I often think about that and I think it's either me or Simon Mayo for that yes it? And That's for most, great. it's Simon Mayo, but sometimes, sometimes it's me. But I've worked with i worked with some great people on the radio.
2: Who have been the best, do you think? Uh,
3: I, well, I have.
2: <laughs> you you have been. Right, I see. I see. Yes. Who was a close second? Or
3: um. Oh, it's, now. Now you're asking. <laughs> There've been so many, but I was very, very lucky to make uh, a long-running topical uh, series you, you'll have heard with with Paddy McGuinness, and it was based it was based on it was based on Take Me Out. Yes, his his program. But instead of a dating format, we were able to get politicians. Yes, uh, to be on the program, and then a single voter, and then the politicians. It worked exactly like Take Me Out, but with politicians there and a single voter who was then uh, allowed to go on a date with one of the politicians. And they would try to woo the voter, wouldn't they? They try and woo the voter, and then and then Paddy McGuinness would say no likey and then that was it. That was (laughs) it.
2: for legal reasons because it was a distinctly different show
3: dis- so it had it, a very different aesthetic yes. and then we'd turn, we'd turn lots of mahogany on. wasn't there, there was Yeah, of, and, and I think and green leather yeah on the radio on the radio with hindsight the turning off of the lights mm. didn't work as well as we thought it would yeah, I thought can see thought that it would be okay
2: and the mahogany budget was probably unnecessary <laughs>
3: it was that was I have to say I'm a big 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 big, big fan of the BBC that was a massive error. Yes, it was. was, It's not (laughs) savile-sized. No. But it's not not far off.
2: (laughs) It's not far off. No. 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 I'm I'm tempted to pull on that thread, but I'm not going to.
3: Leave it Um. (laughs) alone. Are you? Paul My Thread was another... That, sh- that was, th- that I remember <laughs> Paul My Thread. That ...radio series I did where we did exactly that. Someone would s- say something contentious at the beginning. <laughs> yes. And then a-, a-, a panel of comedians would try and avoid uh, tugging at the thread of something just... Oh, so tempting. <laughs> yeah. so yes, tempting.
2: It- and it was a lot of that noise, I remember. It was like, oh, oh
3: but no, I should... couldn't... Yeah. Oh. The BBC wanted to change its name to... Oh, <laughs> that's
2: right, and the program uh, lasted as long as it took to unravel an entire jumper. Correct. It? That was that's uh, right. It's just however long it took. Yep. that's how, how long the program long. would be. Yeah. Good fun. Often crashed the news. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: when you do, when you do, top. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care.
2: programs. Um, do you find you are a person with many uh, strong opinions, or do you often just sort of force I it bet. because you're on a deadline? I know. <laughs> <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> um, <laughs> awkward.
2: <laughs> you well, never lose it, do you? You're right back there.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Um, I don't. I. Don't... <laughs> The more topical stuff I've done, the more research I've done, Mm. the more I found that I I actually don't care what happens. (laughs) I don't care very much what happens (laughs) to anyone or anything. Because after a while you do sort of realize, ah, what's the point? And again, that was another topical show I did. What's the point? What's the point? Uh, Where we just had a load of Lib Dems and me.
2: (laughs) On a panel. Yeah. Just packing up your desks, weren't you? (laughs) While you were While you were chatting, yeah, it was a, it was a lovely I mean,
3: format. We used we used the stuff on the desks as prompts, as political yes. jumping-off points. You know, nice. Oh, a stapler. Yeah. Do you remember when you formed the coalition? Yeah. and
2: stuff like that. Oh, a mug. Do you remember when you were formed scapegoated the by them? Yeah. Yes, yeah. that sort yeah. of thing. No, it was it was a very nice format. I mean, it's is fun. it is it's it your favourite? Do you think doing things about the news, or, or do you, do you have a penchant for fiction as well? I do I do love I do love fiction I absolutely love fiction and
3: I uh uh, you know the the novels are a sort of side yes a side it's angle to what i do yes. I mean, they're all they're all based on something political you know that's always the starting point for for the novels
2: yes but, uh, um like the enormous westminster spider that that yeah. was based on <laughs> yeah on the layout of westminster that's very right. much so that's right exactly yes. and it's uh, you know and
3: again you know the what i wanted was to create something accessible so it in the story, the enormous Westminster spider yes. both literally and metaphorically climbs up the water spout. Yes. <laughs>
2: And it's incredible. You don't notice the structure when you're reading it, do you? Because it's 800 pages. Um, It's a big piece of work. And uh, the the rain comes. Towards spoilers, but the rain comes and sort of washes the spider out. The
3: whole thing out. And of course, the eight the eight legs of government, each represented.
2: Yes. In uh, Um, in the spider. Yes. Uh, It's a lot easier to understand. And they uh,
3: they. I mean, again, spoilers, but uh, they are. Democracy, yes. Debate. Punctuality. <laughs> interviews. Languages. Yes. Modern science. Gastronomy. And the law. And the law, yes, that's right. And the law... The law is only mentioned last, not because it's the least important, but actually because it's the most important.
2: Yes, so it's the only one we remember if we were to go over them again. Um, Yes. Um, yeah. Which we I, I feel those eight pillars. <laughs> <laughs> I. Yes. I right. feel those eight pillars have been eroded recently, don't no, you? I, mean, I feel, they're especially they're gastronomy. I don't, gastronomy. I sometimes think Theresa May's government doesn't represent gastronomy at all. So. Well,
3: there are very few, yes. very few serious gastronomes in the Conservatives at all. But yes. Pickles.
2: Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. That's it. That's about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. um you are you are a firm favourite on television, as you as you have uh, mentioned, as well as on the live scene. Um, what's your favourite way to force people to laugh at you? <laughs> do you think
3: it's been well on telly? That's a lot easier to do, right? Because of what's become known as the Brickstock glance
1: yes
3: (laughs) and people again this is a Brian Logan thing I didn't know I was doing it until Logan picked up on it and it was uh, ended up being a huge story in the Guardian when Logan picked up on the glasses off (laughs) it's a sort of glasses off look into camera and it's uh, it's it's designed, I suppose. I didn't design it deliberately, but now that I'm very conscious of it, after I've said something that ought to be funny but mm. isn't, yes, <laughs> but has arguably some pith, mm. I will take the glasses off, look in the camera, and, and people people laugh out of a mixture of sympathy and awkwardness.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you, you started your own um, comedy event actually um, quite successfully, the Solitude Festival. Yes. <laughs> um, where you perform continually, alone, over, o- alone, over a long weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what was the thinking behind that? To just take yourself off to a distant Norwegian lighthouse and yeah. and talk continually until it ends.
3: It's based, it's based on what I call the tyranny of laughter.
2: <laughs> and
3: what often happens in comedy is that you end up Just so slavishly pursuing the approval of of a room full of people. Yes. And you think, after a while, you do start to ask, what am I doing? And I had, as I'm sure you'll remember, the last time I appeared on um, uh, Have I Got News For You, uh, when I, uh, I say slap, they say cuffed, uh, David Attenborough. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) he'd finally convinced David Attenborough to be host and I just I thought as a physical bit of comedy because the thing with the Vibrant News is it's so seated it's so set yes, I mean sure.
2: you you were quite far from him Yeah, I mean you you really had to lean across that desk
3: <laughs> right across and I hadn't yeah. been booked on the show no know,
2: like, so it was you were leaning over Ian Hislock.
3: over Ian Hislock. Yes. over Richard Osborne that's right uh, and, uh, all the way. Been... and I I say slap they say cuffed, yes uh david atburn he's he's a he's a very elderly man as <laughs> as you can tell from his voice yes and how he responded to the slap i say slap they say cuffed.
2: yes but
3: it was after that and i thought come on that was funny and um
2: but you realize maybe you had a problem you need to beat yourself off the laughter of i thought so yes human beings and just yeah to perform only to yeah. sort of, um, of seabirds in the dark.
3: A lot of that yeah, and a lot of the best stuff I've done has been during the Solitude Festival and I'm very proud of it. We've you- lost we've lost a lot of money.
2: <laughs> of course, I mean we have seen the billboards everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Did you buy a ticket or did you get in on a comp? No, I, I know people. Okay, fine. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> um, so, will it be happening again? Do you think it's a necessary thing?
3: Yeah, your... but I can't tell you when.
2: Of course. Do you, do you ever record it? I mean, can we hear no. it? Incre- no. No. Right. Yeah, no. And I, I, in that
3: sense, it's very true to its uh, artistic <laughs> <laughs>
2: values. Yes. <Yeah. system. laughs> Mm. Mm. you are the only one who will ever hear your own thoughts
3: I mean in a a lot of
2: ways I could have just done it in Edinburgh yes
3: same thing
2: yeah just go into sea venues you would have been fine (laughs) Marcus Brickstock what scares you
3: Hmm? ah what really scares me is others
2: (laughs) Ah. the Nicole Kidman film yes Yes. yes. Yeah, it was so, scary. It wasn't was it? terrifying. Yeah.
3: Absolutely terrifying. I'm up nights with that. Yeah,
2: the little yeah. albino children and all, yeah, the, they, all yeah. the curtains. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. Um, well, and, and uh, yes. Uh, it... I mean,
3: Nicole Kidman herself, I have always found a very alarming, a
2: very alarming <laughs> character. Right. Uh, pray why?
3: Well, I, I, I met Nicole on three occasions. I was introduced to her by Tom Cruise, right. who I only met on one occasion and was trying to palm me off.
0: Uh,
2: and so I ended up in one... I, I feel the listeners at home need the gesture as well. Otherwise, that's, that's confusing. He, he, he was trying to get rid of you, was he? Or
3: Eventually, yes. Right. Once, once the well. palming off had failed... And so Nicole Gibbon and I were stuck in this incredibly awkward conversation. Right. Well, I felt neither of us wanted really wanted to be there, you know. Mm. And just to, and it was really awkward. A lot of sort of. Uh, so what are you up to? She said, yes. and, then, and then sort of pretended she didn't know. <laughs> This was embarrassing for both of us, and then I met her again at a garden party, right, uh, held by uh, Peter Serafinovich. Peter Serafinovich, of course, as you know, is you know he's much beloved of the Hollywood a list. That's right, um, yes, uh, for his garden parties. I for think. His, <laughs> uh, chiefly for his garden parties, yes. and I met Nicole Kidman there, and I, I sort of barreled over and I said, "Oh, God, that was a bit awkward last time uh, when we met and, uh, and all the rest of it," and she. Uh, she burst into tears. Uh, wow. Burst into tears. Did you ever find out why? I did. I, I, stayed to, I stayed to ask, Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Mm. Again and again and again. It, 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 this comes back to probably my relationship with my father, because that's how he, it's uh, really all of my childhood. That, yes. <laughs> just that,
2: that question again and again and again. And for some reason, Nicole Kidman reminded you of your younger self. Very much. So. Right. Yes. I looked almost exactly like her. Right. And had
3: between the ages of four and seven a, a sort of faux Australian accent as
2: <laughs> as she does. And uh, and you were something of a BMX bandit as well. I right? was.
3: A, <laughs> I was a massive
2: BMX bandit. bandit Thank yeah. you. Uh,
3: and then uh, and then the third time I met her, she was the other guest on. Um, Have I got news for you? When I right. I say
2: slapped. <laughs>
3: they say cuffed king of the backrest
2: uh, that's true that's true well
3: that was for the listeners at home I just took the glasses off and leant into where the camera should be
2: but, but isn't currently um uh, it, it, one day, one day. Well, I can see why Nicole would scare you so much yeah. from those three stories yeah, yeah. of how you terrified her. <laughs> um, they say that behind the smiling mask of every comedian yeah. is a literal murderer. Do you think that's... <laughs> do you think that's true? Do you think that's true? I think...
3: I think you... <laughs> you... Yeah. <laughs> I think that what you've what you've actually read there yes. is a review of my book, which says behind The Smiling Mask of Every Comedian there's a literary murderer.
2: <laughs> Maybe that's where I've got it they from. Read, <laughs> they read The
3: Great Westminster Spider.
2: Yes, yes, of course. Of course, I'd forgotten about the whole murderer I'm subplot. Yet, I'm yet to physically murder another human. <laughs> but that does not mean... You're, oh, or does it? I mean... If you are a murderer in waiting, are you still a murderer?
3: Ooh, we're into thought crime now. I really are. We are into thought <laughs> it's a crime. Great crime
2: Which uh, Stuart Lee had a lot to say in, uh, the other night Again, at your club. At the
3: castle, yeah, yes, he
2: did. Right. He, did. Um,
3: he, he, he believes in, in pre prosecution, as he describes it mm. uh, just identifying individuals likely to have views different from his own. And. Uh, <laughs> I prosecute them I mean mercifully His list is constrained At the moment Just to other comedians
2: Marcus Brickstock Thank you for letting us Inside you Thank you for listening To the last in this series Of Inside the Comedian With me David Reed For further details Of live recordings Of the next series Please go to MrDavidReed.com